All right, what's up, addicts? We are live again for the 12th episode of the Redskins Addicts podcast. We still not have it rebranded. Uh, we're staying true as long as we can, at least until Rod says otherwise. Um, we are Sans Rod again. Big shout out to Rod, our founder. He is uh, off doing his good deed for the country um, on the East Coast, traveling back to the Midwest. So no, no uh, Rodney Thomas, our gracious host uh, tonight. But it's me, Steve, joined by um, Ellie. We are also joined by uh, old Dev. Yo, yo. And then we got Phil. Yeah, all right. So today, <laughs> got some good topics lined up for you guys. We, we're going to uh, go ahead and jump right into the hot news of the day. It is Friday. It is 9.35 p.m. Um, fresh off the press as uh, Darius Geis getting cut. Um, kind of changing the dynamic. We've talked about some stuff on some previous pods about um, the running backs in particular and how we had such a good problem with all that talent back there between um, AP, Geis, Gibson, Love, McKissick, and uh, Peyton Barber. But that's one less dude out of the equation who I think was going to be fighting for most of the carries. So uh, kind of changes everything. Uh, we're not really going to talk about the act, act of what, what happened, you know, why he got cut, because, uh, you know, that's still to be, to be determined. But um, now that he's gone, it really changes everything. So, Phil, what you think, brother? Darius, I have been one of your biggest supporters. And I'm speaking as if you're going to hear this because it seems like you're going to have some time on your hands. So check this podcast out. I've been one of your biggest supporters. I've gotten into mad fights with other people in other forums. I've gotten in mad fights with people in this very podcast over your potential, your skill, what you can do. What you bring to the table. Uh, obviously, I can't back you anymore. You know, hopefully, this is all some kind of weird misunderstanding. I believe in due process, so I'm not going to say the man is guilty, innocent, whatever. But the fact that you're involved in this kind of BS after the injuries and after the fact that you're on Twitch telling people that you feel like you need to prove something, and this is what happens. Uh uh-uh. uh. Done. You're cut. Don't want you back. Best of luck in life, buddy. My fandom is over. So, Rodney likes to joke that I have the tram stamp on my back. I guess I'm going to have to get my tattoo artist to change it from Geist to Bryce because I'm going to be jumping on that Bryce Love bandwagon because I am a Bryce Love fan. I was a fan of his in college. Also a fan of Geis is in college. But now, all I got to say is, peace and fuck you, Darius guys. Now we move on. So now we got the backfield. And realistically, when it comes to the guys that we're looking forward to this season, no disrespect to J.D. McKissick, but – and then we were, there were three. We got Adrian Peterson – Bryce Love, and Antonio Gibson, a.k.a. Ellie's client. (laughs) (laughs) This actually does help in the sense that it streamlines the process of of divvying up carries. Um, 
I don't think this helps Peyton Barber's chances of making this team. He just doesn't do anything. He doesn't add anything to the mix. Adrian Peterson is a volume carry back who can put a team on his back and carry them forward. Bryce Love has the intense potential to be that spark plug, that breakaway back, the guy who gets you that 70-yard touchdown just when you need it. And he can carry the load, but luckily this season he doesn't have to. And the upside on Bryce as opposed to Geis is that, yes, both are coming off of injuries. Bryce has one. Geis had three. So I'm going to roll with Bryce as being the future of the funk. Antonio Gibson, I'm not sold that he's going to be a 20-carry a game back ever in his career, but I think he might be a Chris Thompson type. He'll be a guy who gets 70, 80 carries a season. He'll be a guy who gets 50, 60 catches a season. He'll get a lot of touches. But if they're going to play him for running back, he's still going to be a receiver more than anything. And you need somebody like that in the NFL. And I think he'll fit that role well. But I think that now we've got the three main guys have their roles cut out pretty nicely. You have the present in Adrian Peterson. You have the future in Bryce Love. And you have the X Factor in Antonio Gibson. And I think that simplifies the running back room. It gets rid of somebody who was muddling, muddling up those waters. So now you don't have to worry about divvying up carries between Bryce and Geis. Bryce is your future. Let him develop. Geis, you dumbass. You made the choice easy for him, bro. Mm-hmm. You made, hey, the he cho- made, <clears throat> he made the choice easy for us fans, too. Made the choice easy for me. I, I'm just like you, though, Phil. I, I was, I, I like guys. I was a big fan. I, I called him. I said him and the Haskins would be the MVPs of the team this year, dog. I had the dude in the Pro Bowl. I made T-shirts with the niggas' face on it, man. You know, I like guys, but man, that that sucks, man. It, I think I said it earlier, man. This is like when Ricky gets shot in Boys in the Hood, man. It's like, damn, you ain't see that coming. He had everything, dude. You know what I'm saying? He's going to go out and fuck it all up, man. He had everything. People are stupid, man. Look, I got a guy's T-shirt in my drawer right now. And that thing's now going to become a rag in my garage. It That's all it is to me. Sorry, Darius. I loved you. I, want, I, I saw big things. I thought you... I had a comp with you, and Ellie hated me saying this, but I saw you as a potential to be a Marshawn Lynch, which is a powerful, grinded-out runner who could have an explosive play because of the way you initiated contact with defenders and could bowl them over. Don't care. We're going to ride without you. No. Me this, right, man. This, is, this is what a plate looks like. When you got a white girlfriend, man, what's this bullshit, bro? <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me ask you guys this because we've kind of had this discussion on some previous pods, but the Redskins were not promoting guys at all this offseason. No, right? We no. we had this conversation before, and I'm wondering because the report comes out that these incidents started in what February 14th, March something else, April something else. Is there any possibility that the Skins were aware that these charges were being compiled, but maybe not yet processed? 
Well, it you know says that saying? it says that he uh that I guess he had found out that he was in some incidents, and they decided they would wait to see what was going to happen, and then they got the details, and then another incident happened, and then they cut him. See, so uh, but that's that, what it I was like, Yeah, they they so, something else has happened. They was already looking into. So maybe it was on the, maybe it was on the team radar. Right, right, and 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 I, mean, I remember like, making that comment that man, it's weird because everything was AP this whole off season. Their Instagram. Their Twitter, it was AP, 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 AP. And I thought it was kind of weird that there's guys, you know, this this third year guy, and there was just never anything about him on that. And maybe now we know why, you know. Because they promoted him last year and the year before last. Right. Um I mean they waited exactly twenty nine seconds after the Twitter bomb dropped it and turned himself into Loudoun County uh police to to make the announcement. They didn't even hesitate. I mean, it's all part of this new culture that I think, in addition to what you said, Ellie, I believe they did know about it, but <clears throat> Riverboat Ron, he is not messing around. Like, I, I think this, this is the culture he's trying to instill, and I, I, I kind of dig it. Granted, I believe in due process, and that stuff will come out, but the odds were already against him with injuries, with which mostly injuries, right? So, so your best attribute, we talk about this, your best attribute is your availability – and if you're already at odds with that, I mean, what else do you have going for you? You need to mind your P's and Q's and do everything right. And, uh, yeah, I don't think – it didn't take much for them to do this. So, and Well, I – well, Phil, let me say this real quick because Rappaport said he hurt his knee yesterday in practice too. Yeah, I and I wonder, I wonder if that knee injury was at all serious, if they were planning on moving on anyway. Um not to say that this incident wasn't all wasn't the reason for them cutting him, but this would have been his sixth knee injury since college, his fourth in the pros, I think, or something like that. So I think this whole thing was just building up against him. But the fact that he hurt his knee again, um, I think was just a terrible sign for what was about to happen this season anyway. Sorry, Phil, go ahead. Well, I was going to go back to the, the thing about how the organization handled this. They were probably aware that something happened. We don't know what Geist told them, but it seems like there was a lot of investigation going on. So I think the Redskins were smart. They are aware they weren't promoting the guy, but they kind of let the, process, the, the, the legal process at least play itself out to a certain point. All right, let's not be too hasty. Let's not, you know, act like nothing's going on. We're just going to be quiet and see how this bears out. 29 seconds after 29 seconds after he it gets dropped that he turned himself in he's cut I like the, I, I respect this whole process it's like all right you're obviously this this goes a lot deeper than some incidents that you're saying you may not be involved in oh it's no big deal oh now it's a big deal and they cut him good job Ron Good job, Dan. Good job, who, whoever pulled the trigger on this. Everyone involved, good job. You handled this like a professional organization. Good job, but, guys, because I was damn sure going to pick in fantasy football. You made my team. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I was glad it happened before I did that. I want to be devil's advocate to, to them doing a good job with this because if they did know back in March, April, et cetera, and then you have that Washington Post story drop, I feel like – would they ever have speaking? cut him? If it, it, would they have cut him if that post story didn't drop? 
they should have cut him when the post story dropped, in my opinion, if they knew about it. I don't think they were aware of the severity until just now. But see, I, I think I think when stuff like this happens, the police contact the organization, if I'm not mistaken, or at least they have in the past with some other domestic violence stuff, because the Redskins are plugged in with all the police departments because they hear that's how organizations hear about this stuff before the press does a lot yeah. of times when their players get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know what really happened. None of us do in the organization. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with how they did it, but I feel like if they knew before and it's like, okay, we got this horrible Washington Post story drop in, maybe we clean house of some other things around that time too, if they had the advanced knowledge. But well, they, we also know de- they also know more details about it than we do. True, yeah. So maybe there was some haziness around some of the incidents that made them go, a holding pattern on what they're going to do with guys. And then when this last incident happened and he has to turn himself in, they said, fuck it, you're done. I mean, you for, <laughs> Go ahead. For guys, and I've never been in a domestic situation whatsoever, but you're an NFL player. I have. I have. Okay, well, let's talk about it. But he's an NFL player. He knows his career is teetering on the brink of extinction at this point just based on injuries. Why doesn't he, in February, just walk away from that girl and never see her again? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why does that not happen? Or somebody around him tell him, bro, leave her alone. Man, because dudes do ignorant shit behind a woman, no matter how much money they get. All the dumbest shit in the world that's happened between dudes and, and, and just getting themselves messed up, it's either drugs, alcohol, or women. One of the three is always involved. I'd be single as a I'd be single as a Pringle man. I've been a I've been NFL man. Ain't no way I'd have me a, a girlfriend man unless I was with her way before I went to NFL. I would never just it's it never ends well. Man, that's that sucks, dude. And, but, and my but, parting but, words, my parting words are, you know, Darius. I thought you were going to be our Marshawn Lynch. Instead, you've just become our Lawrence Phillips. Thanks. Damn. And I'm going through looking at, looking at the draft, wondering, you know, L.A., you told us that you didn't like the pick. We picked Darius at um, 59th, 59. Pick, 59th yep. pick in the second round. And I'm sure lots of other people you could have picked around the area. But uh, looking at everyone after him, that's kind of how you had to do it. Man, there really isn't. A whole lot of talent. Not saying he was the right pick, but I mean, you got like DJ Chark, Antonio Callaway, two, you know, bubble wide receivers. I'm not seeing a whole lot of crazy talent, you know, coming after it. I mean, we even we you know, we got Jaron Christian a few picks later, believe it or not. Um, it, was, it just seemed like that was a tough, tough draft in 2018. Michael There's Gallup, Michael Gallup in third, you know, third round of 81. Who was um, our first round pick that year in 2018? Robin. Was it? It was a uh, pain. Right? Yeah, thirteen. We got drawn pain. Because weren't, oh, weren't there rumors that the skins were gonna take guys in the first round until that report came? Like I, I there remember were rumors. Hearing. Yeah, and it was like a couple yeah. days before the draft. It was uh, one of the teams. I think was it the Saints or something talked about um, the Eagles or the Eagles, the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> about him him being combative with the interviewers and the staff, and, and they didn't like his past and. Um, Man, here's an article on where they where they did it. They said on Thursday we learned of a potential domestic violence uh, related incident involving a running back 
Darius Geis. We immediately alerted the National Football League and have continued to work with them during this process. We then met with Darius to inform him that he was excused from all team activity pending a review of this matter. This afternoon, we learned that there were multiple charges filed against Darius. Upon review of this, upon review of the nature of these charges and the following internal discussions, we have decided to release Darius immediately. So they they heard stuff and they removed him from activities, and we never heard that. Never. So, so, it, so it sounded like they did it right, but maybe it was. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that nigga got on the team. He the toad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> hey, man, but look, we got all the information now, Dunbar. <laughs> I, I, I have been a vocal, vocal um, disliker, if you will, of guys just on the field, off the field, everything. But I will say today that we're not better with him off the field now. You know what I'm saying? We did not get better tonight. Maybe from a moral and character standpoint, but from a talent standpoint, our team did not get better. And I think that needs to be made clear. Like, guys had some talent. He had issues showing it. And there wasn't a lot of proof to back it up, but the talent was there. But to Phil's point, now we got some other guys that need to come in and step up. And I, you know, Bryce Love, I think we got to slow that party wagon down because we've seen nothing from him at an NFL level. We know what we right. think he can do. Let's see it, though, because we made this mistake with guys. And I don't want to see us do that again with another. All we know right now is AP. Everything else is up in the air. He's the only constant we have. Yeah, and and everybody's been preaching it. Even, like, if you look at these training camp reports or the little uh, videos they put out, it's AP. It's AP, and then it's everybody else. I'm cool with that. Me too. I'm fine with that. But organizations send messages with how they talk about things. It's not by accident. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like them them hyping up Dwayne is a great sign. Like, you don't hype up a backup quarterback. Exactly. 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 So, but now, wait, wait, do you think that? Do you guys think that all five running backs make the team now? No. Now that there's only I, five, there's only five. I mean, Peyton I Barber. Do. I think you know, Peyton like, Barber is the odd man out. They yeah, have that, the veteran. They is, have that veteran list for people. They have that veteran list they can use along with the practice. They can keep a veteran untouchable on the practice squad. So That's a perfect place for yeah, Barber. They can do we four, got four, four and one running backs already, though. No, what he's saying is we can stash one on this new COVID-based right. veteran team and yeah. not lose him. So if you don't have yeah, enough to can, roster, they can, they can put three on the roster and put Barber on that. The kid, four wide receiver. The I don't know guy. how the special teams plays out though. With the, with the I, I think they were always keeping five. It sounds, oh, I, yeah, I, I think five was a good. I agree. I think they could have played over to Kevin too. No and way. Did you hear? Did you hear the wide receivers coaches quote? About he's got Terry McLaurin and just a bunch of guys that he has no yes. idea what they can do. Isn't that that's kind of damning, isn't it? That that's what I'm saying. So <clears throat> when we talk about them keeping extra wide receivers, I don't see it because I don't think they believe they have the talent there. And that quote kind of tells you that. Like you're not yeah. just gonna keep a guy just because you're gonna keep the guys that are talented and maybe focus more on the run. You know what I'm saying? It would make more sense. Cam Sands have been playing uh with the starters. But on that quote, Ellie, I don't want to let that slide. I know we're trying to transition, but I don't want to let that slide because because he said that is one of the reasons why I think that Antonio Gibson might get, get some run at wide receiver that we originally thought before. This is just me, conspiracy theory. Before he made that comment, there might be a that might be a sign that Antonio um, Gibson might get some, some burn I, at wide receiver. But, 
But I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't agree I, with that. Because I, 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 I wish Antonio, Gibson, Antonio Gibson has – he doesn't have wide receiver technique, so he doesn't really help you there unless it's just a matchup thing. Like there, there's fundamental things to playing wide receiver. receiver technique. He well, played. He played. He played out. Split out wide a lot in Memphis. Yeah, but he wasn't doing wide receiver things. Like yeah, he, he was, was running to play. He was running to places. He has no concept of that route tree uh, and how to get yeah. open on breaks and routes. And there, there, he doesn't have the wide receiver technique. And not saying he can't learn it. It's not there for him to be considered a full time wide receiver. And they will tell you that. So what I think is going to happen is they're going to start looking at some of these free agent wide receivers and guys that get cut, and they're more likely to bring in somebody like a Jarius Wright or something like that versus putting a guy that's – like Gibson's not going to be a guy you put on the outside and say, okay, he's going to give us 70 catches a year because he's got that kind of talent. That's not what he is. He's a matchup guy. You want him against linebackers or safeties down in the box. You don't want I'm him against – Eric Metcalf. <laughs> well, yeah, you could you could put keep AP in the backfield and then bring in <clears throat> bring in Antonio uh, Gibson and like you said, line him up against that outside linebacker and bam, that's, that's a match all day long. And oh, that's yeah. where he helps you. But yeah. putting him outside against the number one corner, you're not going to. No, 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 no. I don't think that. he's like an ex. You put him and AP in the backfield together and motion him out wide. It's <laughs> over. That's what but I'm I, saying. I was I was disappointed with that Sims the wide... and McLaurin in there with them. Oh, the, right. The, the, the wide receiver coach didn't say a word. When he said that we got McLaurin and a bunch of guys, I was like, man, he didn't even mention Antonio Ganny Golden. Like, what or does that Sims. say? Or, or Sims. Sims. Just yeah. Terry McLaurin. So they really either they haven't seen or they don't know or they legit feel like, man, we don't have a whole lot to work well, with. It's kind of scary. And I know we're kind of going all over the place. But look, Ganny Golden was here and they bought an Inman in, right? Yeah. Uh, Sims was one of our regression candidates, I think. I, that was my guess a couple of weeks ago, I'm but wrong. he didn't get mentioned. Yeah. That's strange to me because we all think of Sims as like this guy that just can do everything. He's, he's gadgety, but he can also get open and. Emin plays slot though. He does. I agree. It was uh, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, Sims is playing outside, man. You think I'm joking? He didn't get any recognition from his coach. And I think nope, he had no one touchdowns did. last year from Dan McLaurin, didn't he? Or somewhere around the same amount. I don't remember how many he had, but Hell, like, he, he, he didn't start playing a week six. Right. And but, we haven't we haven't even cut uh, Cody Latimer yet either with his right. legal issue. So that kind of right. tells you that he's on a football maybe they really yeah. knew that Geis was, you know, it was much bigger than they knew. Right. I, I mean, it, it was big. It was a big deal. Geis Turner, man. That's what your name is now. Geis Turner. <laughs> All right, but, fellas. Well, let's yeah. go ahead and transition to the next subject real quick. Uh, we won't spend too much time on this one. But um, Dan Snyder's back in the news with another lawsuit. If you guys don't remember, in 2011, he sued the Washington Post for just talking some smack about him being basically a bad owner and him, him just running through coaches like, you know, like it's nothing talking about him, him firing Snyder, Schottenheimer, Zorn, um, not Snyder, sorry. Um, Spurrier, Spurrier, Turner, all of them. Um, quit, man. He, um, so that he, he already went through that. That's how he, he got it. One bad rap, but he's back in the news as of today. Um, just to throw it out there, he's suing this new Delhi based Indian, not native American Indian, but new Delhi based Indian, uh, media company for $10 million because uh, it looks like for defamation, they were uh, publishing false reports about him being linked to um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. 
and he was involved in all that hoopla surrounding Epstein. It's still going on. Um, so he's back in the news again. It's really a bummer that this got out to the public. Um, <laughs> we were doing so, not saying so well, good goodness circumstances, but he was doing pretty well staying out of the limelight and, and not being involved with a whole lot of anything. I mean, people could accuse him of stuff, but I think for the most part, I think we kind of all agree that he's, he's been on the right track as an owner, generically speaking, not getting involved, but it's kind of a bummer, but this is out there. I, I, um, it, it, so this all stemmed right before that uh, Washington Post article that we thought was going to be, you know, doomsday Armageddon. Granted, it was very bad, but uh, it wasn't the hype that we thought it was going to be, not taking away from the, the horrible atrocities that got committed. But um, it just kind of sucks. The, um, the, the company is, is doing an uh, uh, internal investigation to see who, who, who these were anonymous sources uh, but I think the purpose of Snyder dropping this lawsuit was to reveal the source who was basically saying he was a buddy-buddy with Epstein and stuff. So, I don't know. It's just one of those blips on the radar, but I wish it wouldn't happen. The, the sad part is I don't think anybody really paid attention to that Epstein-Snyder connection except for a few people on Twitter. And yeah, I think Snyder's making it. it more mainstream than, <laughs> than it was yeah. when it came out. And I think, like, Snyder doesn't need $10 million, right? But this is about him getting them to admit they were wrong, which they've done. Right. Um, and like you said, to kind of out the source, which I don't know how that helps. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, if you're Snyder, I think if you're on a goodwill tour, you just let this ride because nobody bought out, into that Epstein stuff anyway. Out in the sources is very important, man, because then you know who's giving a whole lot of fake news to other people too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got – but when it comes to journalism, you got to be real careful um, when you start suing the press, right? Because yeah. then you get on the other side of this, this free press argument and it gets real ugly from there. Plus, now you've made the media your enemy again, right? right. And he's trying to work his way oh. back from that. I just, yeah. I don't and know. The, 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 to be fair, it's foreign media. It is foreign media. And they also have taken the story down. So I, I don't know what's going to come of this. I would agree. Dollars. I would agree with Ali, but you know, if somebody accused me of like sex trafficking women, man. I mean, I'm like, forget that noise. We, you know, I'm, I see you in court. That's nothing to joke about, man. I mean, you can tell me I did some little petty stuff or cheating on my wife or something. I mean, I ain't gonna see you for that stuff. But if you out here saying I'm trafficking women with Jeffrey Epstein, man, that's the sickest who, man alive. But it's it's such a such a national thing, not a national thing. It's such a there's so much hype around that story. And so little fire to it at this point that it's almost like the National Choir said it. And at that point, who cares? Because there's no Plus credibility you, to it at this point. Yeah, you're right. You're kind of nobody even knew the story till you you made it till you brought it up. You know, right. I mean, it's, I mean, a Snyder brought it up. Nobody even knew it till Snyder brought it up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know anything about it. So yeah, I did because it was all over every it, it, that week leading up to that post story. Everyone thought that that was what the post story was going to be because it did leak and it was in every Redskins group on social media. It was on Twitter. And the fact that all these, it came out right as all these reporters in the local area were saying, this story is coming out. It's so shameful and disgusting and despicable. And every other, you know, word that you can say is something that's going to just be absolutely atrocious 
and then this leaks, it led people to believe that this was the story. Not only that, when this post story dropped, first, a lot of us went, well, that didn't live up to the hype. That right. doesn't. That's true. Fit. But there were people who were saying, oh, there's going to be more to come, and this is it. And I think Snyder said, the hell with this. You are not tying me with a dude who was trafficking kids for sex. And I don't blame him. Instead, we got 15 sexual harassment charges in, uh, <laughs> in 13 years. Yeah. But, Phil, when that story came out and it wasn't in there, I think people just let it go. I, people just moved on. I mean, for that story entirely. Like, we haven't talked about that story since what three four pods ago like yeah. pe- once that story came out and it was like all right well you know that's important and we got to deal with it but it was over dan was dan was in the clear from that story a week and a half later you know what i'm saying and so i, I know where you guys are coming from it's like you got to protect your reputation especially in the position he's in but i think sometimes these things do more damage than they do good you know in pursuing maybe, this is you know maybe but first of all we know dan could get on his petty wop. Yeah. We know that he does that. Yes. And at the that's same like time, he's the – I do think that that's something where it became personal and, you know, you should never make business personal. But, I mean, we're also looking at it from a third-party perspective. And despite some of the things we say around here, we're five pretty rational, sane people. Dan is the target of this, and I think that, you know, he said, I'm going to find out who is leaking this, and I'm going to go after them. If I have to sue these people for $10 million to find out the name, I will do it. Because if it, here's the thing. If it's someone in the organization that's still employed, you'd want the rats fired. That type of information wouldn't come from somebody in the organization, though, because how would they know? I mean that would that would that would have to come from somebody in some type of political camp or somebody associated with that. Now maybe that's what he's after to see that if this be. is you know because Snyder is really good friends with the president of the United States. Yeah, he's trying to get is, he's trying to get the source revealed. That's what that's what the, right. that's what the article says. They're trying to right. reveal the source, and then that's when the the media company took down their story overseas. What he wants to do is catch the Washington Post like <laughs> there was no source. We made it up. That's what he's hoping. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. All right. We're not going to harp too long on that one, but um, I know we talked about original order, but I'm going to go ahead and transition this to, to a wide receiver group. And then we'll come back and finish up on the quarterbacks just because I think it works better that way. Um, So we recently signed um, Don trail Inman here this past week, Uh, another veteran wide receiver. I believe Ellie, you described him as a very capable wide receiver who could be deadly or be very good but has some health issues staying on field. Did I get that correct? Deadly um, is strong, but yeah. he's <laughs> – the guy I compared him to was Josh Morgan, who was here a few years ago during the Arctic. Yeah, season. Virginia Tech, San Francisco much, 49 yeah, yeah. Much, much less than spectacular, but, uh, you know, is dependable, knows how to get open. Probably not going to break a lot of runs on you. I mean, uh, touchdown runs on you after the catch and stuff like that, but – can find space in the zone, sit down, and, and be a quarterback's best friend, which you need. Um, certainly not flashy though, uh, or exp- I wouldn't. I think I said explosive, maybe. But I think that was a reach. I think he can just get open. Um, he's also what thirty-one years old. So, but I, I think now, you know, once the reports came out that um, 
he had been signed, you immediately started to see local media say he's competing for a starting job. Now, where, I don't know in this offense. I know he's, he's a slot guy, but does this offense really apply the same slot concepts that every other offense does? I don't know. Because I think we still believe, at least I do, that Steven Sims is going to be in the slot um, at this point. Now, I could be wrong about that. It. Let's see. Let's see. But um, if, if he's coming off the street and competing for a starting role, there's an indictment on somebody somewhere um, mm-hmm. about that. And I don't know what that indictment is, you know, because I think uh, the original idea was that Gandy Golden would play on the outside with McLaurin on the other side yeah. and Sim in the slot. So is this an indictment that Sim needs to move outside because Gandy Golden's not ready and now Inman's going to play the slot? Or maybe they see some regression in Sim and now Inman's going to start over Sim. If that happens, that's a bad look for Sim. And how do you kind of progress past that to where Sim gets his starting spot back? I don't know. I don't think Inman makes the nice. team. I don't think no, he makes the team. No, nah, I think he's making the team, man. Man, they do call like 12 <laughs> catches for under 200 yards last year. Dude. They don't, but there's no preseason. It's, it's veteran depth, though. He caught, he caught 28 know. passes in a career high for 300 something yards. There's no point in signing him because there's no preseason if you're not if he's not going to make the team this late in the game. Man, they signed Peyton Barber and McKissick. They might not make the team, they, they, but they I signed they him probably, in April before before they, they knew there wasn't going to be a preseason. There's a difference. That might, he might be they a signed, candidate. He might be a candidate to go on that veteran man. list, dog. He is making the team, and and like I said, media has been saying he's a candidate to start, and I think there's there's something to be said for that because those people know, at least some of them do, and I've heard it from multiple ones in this organization. Um, he's not a bad football player. He's had a lot of issues. Oh, he's like Brian Hartline. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Hartline had some good years in Miami. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's like he's like I mean, that's his silver. In 2016 alone, Inman had. This best season um, started 16 games opposite. I want to say Keenan Allen, 58 reception, 810 yards, four touchdowns. That's Phillip Rivers at the helm. Um, that's not bad. And then he just bounced around two teams in 17, one team in, in 18, two teams in 19. Yeah. So I mean, he's definitely game. he's definitely regressed since that that good year in 16. So it's better in depth though if you think about it. So they must have saw something on his tape that they liked. Look at it this way. He's probably seen as a guy who could pick up an offense quickly and pick up the, the passing route concepts because he's able to stay employed on various teams. True. And I think the guys – maybe there's some difficulty in trying to unfuck these guys in passing game from Jay's system to this one. Now, this is a much more traditional system in terms of how routes are called and the concepts that they use and and, and the terminology because it's numbers-based. Um, and I think that there may just be a, a more of a transition process than we believe. I thought that this would be an easy transition. But then again, look who our previous coach was. Um, so I think that Maybe they just see him as a guy who, if nothing else, he can plug and play, at least until some of these other receivers start stepping up. And it's also a case of how much can you see without actual games? There's no preseason. You can't get game tape on these guys. Or maybe this organization's coaches are starting to realize, quit, tan, quit telling everything about what's going on. Because as you notice, the uh, the quarterback coach did pretty much the same thing. Like, hey, man. 
these guys are doing all right. We're not telling you who's better than who. Maybe he knows which one of those guys is playing where at. And he's just like trying to motivate some guys or not let us know. I mean, and it's also, it's also the Bill Belichick style of exactly. not telling you who's starting and everyone's right. on, uh, injured. So I don't, I don't he, mind that either. What if really Gandy's killing everything? This guy's even better than McLaurin, man. You wait to see this guy. You would have heard that from the media, though. That's but, there. I know not, I know not a lot of them there, yeah. but you would have heard yeah. that from Santana Moss. But you'd have heard that from Julie Donaldson. But I don't, I don't putting, think they're at practice, are they? They're, they're, they, they do their show with the practice in the background. They're I there. thought that. I thought that. But then I heard – I thought they said something like they're not allowed at practice. They're, like, outside or something. They're not, but they're not – I mean, they're not even really practicing at this point. They're just doing right. walkthroughs and – but, but, Phil, you make a really good point because I want you guys to remember why Steven Sim didn't see the field in the early part of last year. Do you guys remember? Because the coach was uh, Jay Groove? No. Well, yes, <laughs> but because he couldn't learn the offense. There were so many reports about Steven Sim being talented and athletic, and he, but he could not learn the offense to save his life. And, and I remember John Kime mentioned that on several tweets and podcasts last year. What do they got to do now? They got to learn a new offense. Perhaps he's struggling again, picking up this offense, and, and some of the coaches on the skins are, or the uh, Washington football team are getting nervous now. And like, Sims, man, this guy Don't should. let me down, man. You're my new guys. Don't let me down, Sims. Junior. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we'll see. And it sucks that we don't have preseason to kind of see how this all fits together. Um, but I just, you know, and, again, I, I tend to put stock in what the – social media team puts out there because I don't think they have a blank check to put out whatever they want. But there really hasn't been a lot about Steven Sim out there either since this whole process started. And I, you know, I, we've seen a lot of Danny Golden making catches on the sideline and stuff like that um, the last couple of days. I, I hope for our sake that Steven Sim is not having some type of regression. And I have no real belief, real reason to believe that he is other than it just, some things just seem a little bit weird but he's that dynamic receiver we haven't had since. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun Jackson, maybe. Now, see, Deshaun is faster than him, but I think Sims is a little bit more twitchy and quick, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying in terms of like he has more wiggle than Deshaun, which I'm a huge fan of because he can get out of some tight situations. I think uh, Santana's a really good comparison. Now, Santana proved it a lot more in the league, so I don't want to put best, him that Best spin move I've ever seen in the history of the league. 100%. And his, his little uh, hesitation step was killer, too. Might be a you know? Warwick Dunn in the, in the, in the uh, Peter Warwick, yeah. Peter Warwick back in Florida State. Right. Man, that guy was awesome. Right. And so I want to see Sam get on the field and do what he does. But, um, you know, I just. You know, that, I, don't, I don't take this signing lightly. And, again, the, as much support as local media has put around that, and then you compare that with the quote from the wide receiver coach about it's Terry McLaurin and, and then just a bunch of guys that he doesn't know what they can do, that's, that makes me nervous about the current wide receiver group. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and transition to quarterbacks. Um, for those who haven't heard, uh, John Kahn had the new quarterbacks coach, <clears throat> Ken Zampezi on, I want to say it was Monday or Tuesday on his podcast, or at least that's when he published it. Uh, first 15 minutes of the podcast, it was pretty good, uh, very insightful. He talked about um, uh, a multitude of things, but clearly focused on all, all quarterbacks, all three quarterbacks. 
um, Alex, Dwayne, and Kyle, Kyle Allen. But um, before we dive into the Zampezi stuff, it kind of all links together, but we see that Alex Smith has been back in practice, and Ron has spoke on him. Ken has spoke on him. Scott Turner has spoke on him. And, I mean, he hasn't had any setbacks. He had four really good days of, of practice last week. They talked about, on his own, doing individual drills. Um, I remember when Colt McCoy was coming back, he had like a day or two, and then he got sore. So I guess that kind of speaks well. We've kind of hit on this before, but, you know, me personally, I, I hope he never sees the field again. But, hey, Deb, what do you think about Alex Smith being uh, potentially back, back in the mix? Hey, Viva La Alex Smith. Now, I, I, I like Alex Smith, bro. That's my dude. I'd like to see him at least make a ceremonial knee. But, bro, this is Haskins' team. But once again, the coach did exactly what all the other coaches did. They say a whole lot of stuff without saying nothing at all, man. You didn't learn nothing new about these dudes. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, you already knew Haskins' body was in his best shape he ever had, and he looks great physically. We already knew that Allen is more knowledgeable of the playbook and the concepts, but, you know, uh, he was pretty much there to be the backup, and we all knew Alex Smith is working out, man. Once somebody asked about Steven Montez, throw a curveball in there or something. <laughs> you know, I, he's not – they're never going to tell us anything. So far, how many weeks have they been practicing? Two weeks, and we have not learned one thing about one person on that team at any position. Like, I don't know who's going to start at any place. They haven't told us anything. All we know is that McLaurin and a bunch of dudes. We don't know nothing. He could be straight up line. It's like – you know, the Coach Rivera is like the joker, man. Like, you can never tell if he's telling the truth or if he's not. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good thing, though, I think. I do, too. It's, it's, it's unique to us as Washington fans because we're used to leaks coming out and, you know, the coaches publicly saying crazy stuff about players or, you know, somebody, you know, doing ignorant stuff like, pulling guns out on people at barbecues. We're used to that kind of news. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't sniff. Okay. Do you know the last time we had a coaching staff that could say a lot without saying anything at all? It was Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs, yeah. They never – you never got anything out of them. Everything was very generic, low-key, that was the culture. Now we know Ron kind of runs things that way. He's a, you know, say the drama for your mama kind of guy. But I really wonder if, you know, Joe kind of got in his ear when, you know, he was talking to Gibbs. What, what was it back in December? Yep. Um, or early January. If Gibbs kind of got in his ear and said, look, don't give him anything. Don't give the media anything. I have heard – I heard her Randy Moss's son is balling up, though. Uh, yeah. Somebody was talking about that on the radio yeah. today that, that they said do not be surprised if he starts. But, again, that's that's not a significant story. You know what I mean? Right. You know, it, it all it is is saying, hey, this guy's having a really good camp, really good camp, in the absence of a free agent we signed who's not going to be here right now. So – all is saying, oh, next man's next man up. Well, the next man's yeah. stepping up. But I like the fact that we're. It seems Rivera is really following that Gibbs model of 
don't give the media anything to feed upon. You know, maybe it seems to be a growing theme too. The next man up, almost every position is like that. Haskins yeah. is technically the next man up. Yeah, I mean, well, we talked about it before. I just don't want to see Alex Smith pick up a roster spot. That's all. I, I that's just me. He doesn't need to be happen. on the field. He'll take a roster spot. I mean, it's it's uh, it may be for one game, but all the sixteen games, no, he's taking a roster waste. spot. He might not see. He's going to not see the field, but he's going to take a roster spot. They'll put it. They'll find a way to put him on pup for about the first six weeks, so so you don't have to cut somebody beginning of the season. But before the year is up, he's taking a roster spot, bro. It's happening. I yeah, but don't take the reports about how people are doing in camp too serious right now because they're not really practicing yet. They're just and doing. He's off, and Alex is off to the side. He's not even right. allowed to practice well, with. Seven on seven. Maybe you can. Maybe one of y'all can help me out with this. I I don't understand how you can. While they're saying, "Oh well, Alex will be able to uh, compete for the job for real once he learns how to protect himself." Well, I'm like, how the fuck does a quarterback learn to protect themselves? You don't hit quarterbacks anyways. You know what I'm saying? You're not even going to hit Haskins. He's perfectly healthy, as far as we know. You're not hitting nobody because it's his ability to move when something's coming near him. Why? How can you? How can you practice that? Because yeah. they have the pillow things that they throw at them. You, you remember yeah. that whole Jim Jordan thing. They have, the seven on, they have the seven on sevens where you can get to the quarterback. You can't touch the quarterback. So if, they can, if, they can, if they can see him, does he step up, throw the ball away? Does he scramble? Can he scramble? Like right. Those are the yeah. things I think they're looking for. It's an out. It's an out that they can oh. keep saying that, that he That's can't what protect I'm himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, what I'm and, saying. Then they'll say it until the end of time. And, oh, man, the years. You know old, who they the don't say that about? Foster. You know why? Because they know his ass is going to play. That, they're well, talking like he could come back now. They're talking about he could pretty much play now. They're saying he's going to be back on the field within two weeks, I think. Yeah. I don't think he's been on the field yet. but So he'll be back when they actually put on the shoulder pads. And here they go, eight practices with pads on, and then they're going to be playing games. And then somebody's going to get hurt. But that's a, that's a story for another time. But, I mean. Yeah. I was hoping he would talk – Zampezi would talk up Dwayne Haskins a little bit more because we're seeing the hype videos from the team and – and Ron has, you know, he's he's not talked bad about him. He's talked good about him. But Zampezi was really neutral on all three quarterbacks. He, uh, he was kind of not down on, on Allen. We talked about this earlier, but he was definitely pointed to flaws in Allen's game. The footwork, the timing, he needs experience. He's not polished. So, What's I mean, Steven I Montez doing, man? haven't heard a peep. I don't know. I have no idea. He's waiting for The Rock to reopen the XFL so he can go back and, and join his team. That's what he's doing. Fetching um, water. Yeah. But Montez, what I hated about the Zampezi interview with Kahn is that they asked, he asked him about, it was a softball question. What, you know, looking at all the film, what did you see good about Dwayne last year? And I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. And all he said was, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it scattered. I haven't watched it, you know, from start to finish. I've seen the highlights. And, you know, I just want to point out that, you know, it was about the way he finished specifically the last two games, but really the Detroit game. And that's the same thing Ron said. They keep talking about the Detroit game, which I get. That was the – I think that was the selfie game where he took the no. selfie. At the, was it? Or No, no, that was where yeah, he brought – he did it – or he did a two-minute drive, a two-minute drill, brought them down, and we won the game, right? Was that the that selfie game? That was the game? selfie game, too. His first one. Yeah, I was, caught, I, a touchdown, caught the winning touchdown pass, right? But they keep talking about the Detroit game. And I, he no. didn't even really hype up the Detroit game, but he talked about He referenced the Detroit game. That was that, that game was one on a field goal. Um, it was, yeah, it was one on a field goal. Yeah, oh. and, and Haskins had thrown a pick earlier 
And this is what Rivera had liked. He bounced back and came back and took him down the field. And uh, and you're right, Steve. Like, uh, yeah, correct. And Zampezi basically, to me, it came across as Rivera was like, this is what we like about Haskins. Because Rivera used that information in he one of his did. official press conferences. Yes, months ago. And then Zampezi said, I was shocked at the fact that Zampezi didn't go back and watch last year's games. I don't know if that struck you as well, Steve. But I'm like, no, it did. You're the quarterback coach, bro. Yeah. Go back and watch who you're going to be coaching. Yeah. He's like, I, well, I saw I the saw highlights. Cut-ups. Yeah, cut-ups, cut-ups. Cut-ups. Yeah. What are you doing? Why, why are you not watching every snap that this guy put on film? He, pro- he probably was watching like- all the snaps. He just didn't want you to know he was watching all. I'm telling you, dude, these guys are like some, some Navy SEALs out there, dude. They ain't letting you know shit. They just go out and do it. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless they felt. Jay's offense was so bad, it wasn't fair to evaluate guys based on that offense. And maybe that's what it was. And that's valid. I don't know. Bad, 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 that's bad. valid. Not that it was bad, but, you know, given all the other external circumstances and the barriers to entry at the professional quarterback position on the Redskins where the coach doesn't want you, the offense is impossible, they're not going to change everything. I think they realized that, you know, <laughs> the odds were against the guy. So let's see what yeah. he's got. But, um, but. You know who is talking positive about Haskins? Every last one of his teammates. And that's what matters more. Morgan, Morgan had a big, Morgan. big piece to say about Dwayne. Confidence AP, in the huddle. Yep. Spitting out the plays. He's like, if you're confident, bro, we'll, we'll follow you to the end of the earth. Go in yep. there. And he has – apparently he's he's mastering everything in the huddle. So that's a big deal. Remember the first couple of games they were talking about he had a hard time – well, one, Jay always had a hard time relaying plays because he had like two middlemen. He had, like, the running coordinator to the offensive coordinator to Jay and then to the quarterback. But um, Haskins already picking that right now is so promising. I like Morgan Bogus' interview, too. I don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I trust players, man, because there's a whole article on Bleach Report, and it says players think Jerron Christian is ready to take over as a left tackle. He's, well, I've heard it before, he too, though. I've, I've heard that we from some of the media, that. too. Louisville guy, yeah. I'm hoping for you, man. A, Louisville and guy, was on hero, you got to do it. Maybe AP was on Good Morning Football this morning. Um, preaching about Haskins too on the NFL Network. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but sorry, Phil. Here's the thing: the, this the fact that camp is pretty much closed. Maybe these things that we're hearing from players, there's some truth to it. Maybe Jerron Christian took all this extra time they had with COVID, and maybe he put on some weight. Maybe he worked on footwork. He had nothing else to do. So maybe when I talked about several pods ago, it's like, what do you have to do? You know, and we talked about how guys like Dunbar were getting in trouble. Yeah. Maybe Christian <laughs> decided to go and learn how to be a better left tackle. We don't know. And I actually, it's making me really anticipate this season. There's so much that we don't know. And there's so much that we're not being told, which we're not used to. Now I'm sitting, I'm just waiting. I'm like, I want to see what's going on. I want to see how this all comes together. There's no preseason either, man. That's going to make it real bad. Yeah. And reporters show up, are allowed at the facility at the end of next week. So we'll start getting some more concrete reports the following week. Um, if, if Christian is really doing well at left tackle, what does that mean for Charles? Where does that he means, play? That means Moses is gone, bro. Moses is not he's, gone. Rivera he's, he's, already he's, said – Next year. Rivera already said there's no changes on the right side of the line. I think next from center year. over. Next year, Rivera. 20, next year, next year Moses is gone. 
That's 2020. And you want to know something? Card subject to change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, 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 uh, left tackle is going to be interesting because, you know, we got Christian and we got Sadiq Charles. I think Sadiq Charles gets the nod just because I think he has a higher ceiling. But, um, if, if whoever doesn't get the starting job, I mean, hopefully we, if we could groom someone into a, a swing like we have with Ty Neski, that's the best possible situation. Uh, uh, Most is going to be a, a Ty Neski. No, they got Cornelius. Next year. Cornelius yeah, next year. That's it. this year. Next year, I'm telling you, Moss is going to be on this year. No no questions asked. Next year, man, they're going to want to save all that money and give it to Sheriff. 2021, if Moses keeps his job, it's because he learned not to be the Wakandan god of flags. <laughs> hey, that, that man has dropped like what did, what, what did he drop like 25 30 pounds yeah, i saw that i saw that he man, is... that's our worst name to have as a lineman anyways moses he's just like he's like letting people in you know what i'm saying <laughs> the people go. right <laughs> man, that's like the worst name to have man i've never seen a le- i've never seen a tackle who is so ready to let the tight end take the fall for a guy coming around the edge. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude, I mean, Moses, he, I swear to God, Moses looks at his blocking assignments. He sees there's an edge rusher, and he sees there's a defensive tackle. I'm going to double this guy with sure. And then here comes this defensive end, and he, all he gets is a tight end or a running back. And he used to infuriate me because I'm like, there is no way that was your blocking assignment. There is no way. <laughs> and because he blocked down – and this tight end, you know, Sprinkle or somebody else is out here trying to block, you know, JJ Watt. He doesn't get the he doesn't get the hit for the sack. The tight end does. And it's like man, I bet I bet Young is exposing him in practice, man. That's the kind of stuff that we don't get to see that we're used to seeing right now. I, I bet Young is exposing most of the practice. I hope Chase Young is beating Moses like a Cherokee drum. God, I hope that's happening. Because if he can't, then we got problems there. Yeah. Well, we won't know for another week and a half. Because I don't even think they got offense going against the defense yet. At least not in contact anyway. Right. So the lines wouldn't be there. But, you know, we'll see, man. I mean, and again, I would love to see Jerron Christian in some preseason games. <laughs> putting in some work to, to convince me versus week one, but we don't have a choice. So. And look, I'm not a, I don't hate on drunk. Yeah, I do. I don't like him, but <laughs> I think he's from Louisville, man. So I root for you. I mean, they already got rid of Jay. He's from Louisville. They, Harvey Clemens ain't playing. He's from Louisville. You the last of the Mohicans, bro. You gotta do it. Do it for the L, man. L1C4. <laughs> Come on, Jerron Christian, man. We got we got to have someone from Louisville on the team, bro. Please help me. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's go ahead and close this out. Uh, great, great, great discussion tonight. Um, Fuck Preston Marshall. Right. Yep. There's Dev shout outs. Phil, you got any shout outs? Fuck Darius, guys. Ellie. Shout out to the Loudoun County PD. For, uh, you know, <laughs> Hold on, Dunbar. What was Dunbar doing? What we found out Dunbar snitched on uh, Geist, man. He was the one to call the cops. Uh, man. <laughs> hey, man. 
He was like, he was like, yeah, man, it was the other guy that shot the gun. And you might not know this, but Dunbar hits women. Like, I mean, I mean, with a guy hits women. Like Dunbar's telling anything about his business, dog. Oh man. He's gonna, hey. We're gonna find out he's the one that uh, snitched to the Washington Post. Watch. And 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 for real, if it's true what Geis did, shout out to the to the woman that was victimized by Geis for having enough strength to go to the police. Yeah. Yep. Because a lot of times Absolutely. women don't and they won't because they're scared. So kudos to her for having enough strength to do that. No doubt. And, uh, I'll give my shout outs to the uh, top contributors of the group, the latest contributors. So we got Damar Daisy, Maurice Deloach, Andy Burroughs coming in from the UK, DC Tweet Team. See, he's rebranded. We have not. Good for you, Andy. Um, Joey Johnson and Mike McDonald, you guys are the top five contributors. Uh, so keep yeah. it up. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And um, Oh, oh, help. oh. What's up? Because we, just because we didn't do it in the last podcast, so we're going to double it up once again. Shout out to our um, Lord and Savior, Rodney Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Black <laughs> Jesus. Black yes. Jesus, Rodney <laughs> Yes. You can't you can't shun shun us upon your return for not mentioning you. Um, next time you miss it, you miss another pot. I'm gonna have right on a stick. I'm gonna have your picture on a stick. We're gonna yeah, have another Zoom. Davis called RG3 Black Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people did. But all right, cool. We signing out. Hail to the Washington Football Team. Hail. Yeah. Hail. I'll see y'all niggas later, man.